0: Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we worship you. Thank you, Jesus. We had a wonderful first service at 9 a.m. this morning. And I'm just going to tell you, even though we plan for these services to be the same at 9 and 11 15, they don't always work that way. And today would be one. The pastor preached a phenomenal message this morning at 9 But God would have me to deliver our message today and this service, so we're just going to follow after the Lord if you'll allow it. So um, I wanted to say that on September 23rd, we've got a little bit over a month to make plans to be here. I wrote a Bible study several years ago, Uncut and Empowered. It is about what the Bible, what the Bible talks about, not my opinion, not anyone else's opinion, but what the Bible says about our hair on our head. Um, It's about for men and women, but, um, especially pertaining to women. And so I will be teaching that to our ladies on September 23rd. It's a Saturday at 10 AM here at the church. I hope that you can make it, make plans to attend. It's going to be a great time. We'll have fellowship as well, but, um, we want to, we want to make sure that we're doing what the Bible talks about, what God would have us to do. So we're going to just learn a little bit more and make disciples of ourselves. So um, this morning, I'm going to speak to us from Exodus 33:15. It says, and he said, oh, first of all, Addison, I am so glad to see you here this morning. This is my sweetheart from Justin, and I am just so tickled pink that she's here today. Just so happy. So, so happy. All right, Exodus 33, 15, and he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me. Carry us not up hence. You may be seated. I'm going to talk to us for a few minutes this morning on a glorious encounter. So, Moses, he's up on Mount Sinai and he is communicating and communing with God. And God is speaking all of these great things to Moses. I mean, he's just laying it out for him, and they are just having this moment and it is so wonderful and so incredible and God is giving Moses direction and all the while while Moses is up there Aaron is down in the camp supposed to be keeping everything in order and instead they're saying hey we don't know what happened to this Moses fellow he's been gone for too long and we want you to make us a God to worship now I don't know about you but common sense would tell me if I can make the God, then I'm greater than the God. But, you know, I don't know what they were thinking. And so they talked to Aaron, and Aaron said, okay, give me all your gold, and I'm, you know, we'll fashion it. And he said, I threw it into the fire, and out came this cow, is what he tells Moses when Moses comes down. But um, Moses, I mean, Aaron makes this golden calf, and the children of Israel are down there, and they are worshiping an idol not the one true living God. And God gets mad, and he tells Moses, and the Lord said unto Moses, go, get thee down for thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. And he's like, they ain't my people right now. Moses, they on you, because they are acting a fool. So (laughs) Moses goes down, and um, God wants to destroy the people of Israel, and rightfully so. These are his people that he has done all these wonderful things for and he has promised to Abraham and, you know, and he's saying, I'm going to make you a great nation and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and everybody. And it's just like, these are, these are great people and I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to, they, they are set apart. They are God's people. But instead, suddenly, instead of being God's people, now they're Moses' people. And um, God says, I'm just going to wipe them out. But Moses had that communion with God, and Moses had a way of talking with God, and Moses petitions the Lord and asks him to please change his mind. God, if you kill all these people off, then what is everyone going to say about you? That you brought them out of Egypt just to kill them? Oh, that's going to make everyone really want to serve you if you you know deliver them just to smite them, and so God changes His mind. Aren't you thankful for a man of God? This is a side note. But aren't you thankful for a man of God that will petition God on your behalf for your life? Because you know sometimes we do dumb things, and I'm so thankful that we are we can go. You know, we know the veil is torn, and we don't have to have we don't have to go to a priest and kill a sacrifice and everything. But the principle is still the same. That I'm thankful for. A pastor that will pray for me. I'm thankful for my husband and our pastor as well that will pray for us and help us whenever we mess up and go astray and kind of like, hold on, okay, Lord, you behave. Lord, don't kill them, you know. Just thankful for that. But in the midst of all this, so God has promised the children of Israel this land flowing with milk and honey. And, but they're acting crazy. And God's wanting to change his mind. And so God says, still, you're going to have it because I promised it to you. But he says, and I will send an angel before thee. And I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite unto a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee. For thou art a stiff-necked people lest I consume thee in the way. I don't know about you, but that rings really strong to me that God would say, here's your promise and I'm going to let you have it and I'm even going to drive those people out, but I'm not going to be with you because you're a stiff-necked people and I'm afraid I'm just going to consume you in the way, on the way to your promise. Exodus 33, 9 through 11 says, And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaks unto his friend. Moses and God had a deep relationship, speaking face-to-face as if you're talking to a friend. And now you know if you're talking to a friend, it's not the same as if you're talking to someone you've just met. It's not the same as if you're talking to your boss or maybe someone underneath you at work or even a coworker. No, when you're talking with a friend, you are real. You're yourself. You're honest. And that is what God and Moses had. God spoke to Moses as if speaking to a friend. And I'm setting this up for in just a second. But we're back to our main text because here we had where God said, okay, I'm going to send an angel before you. I'm going to drive them out. I'm going to let you go into the promised land, but I'm not going to be with you. And this is where we see why Moses and God had that relationship. And he said unto him, which is Moses talking to God, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou go with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth? And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses says to God, I don't want the promised land, I don't want every blessing, I don't want everything that you've given us, if you're not going to go with us. If you aren't leading me, if you're not there every step of the way, I don't care if you've told me to go and I'm going. If you're not going with me, I'm not moving. Church, if God is not with us, we're walking in vain. We are claiming territory. We are having revival And we're doing what God has called us to do. But if we ever start thinking that we're doing it on our own because we have programs and we have this and we have that and the Lord is doing this and that. No, if he's not with us, if he's not walking with us, we're doing it in vain and we've missed it in order to have that heart heart of God in order to have that we've got to say God I don't care about the blessings I care about you I want you it is right after this conversation that Moses asked God to see his glory this is the man who spoke to God on the mount and in a cloud at the tabernacle door but he wanted a glorious encounter which is the title of my message today a glorious encounter Exodus thirty three eighteen 18 through 23, and I know I'm reading a lot, and I hope that the King James Version doesn't, doesn't get lost in there. Y'all don't lose this. But it says, and he said, I beseech thee, show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to who I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou can't see me, can't see my face, for, there, for no man will see my face and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passes by, that I'll put thee in the cliff of a rock, and I'll cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And then I'll take away my hand, and you shall see. You'll see my back parts, but my face you won't see, but you will see my glory. church if we want a glorious encounter with God we've got to get past the petty and the little things that would so easily beset us and we've got to say God I'm just hungry for you I don't care if I stay right here where I am as long as you're with me I don't I'm not moving you want to take a step, I want to take a step. But you want to stay, and I'm staying. I don't care. Lord, it's your will, not my will. This is, oh, this is good? You want me to, he that win his souls is wise. You want me to win souls? I'm going to be over here, and I'm going to win. His, but, oh, wait, God, you not that not yet? Not yet? Okay, okay, now we're walking? All right, I'm walking. Now I'm walking? Yes, I'm walking. The Lord has prophesied over me many times in my life that, I will be able to reach those that no one else is able to reach. Now, while that is a wonderful prophetic word, that is also terrifying. Because if I don't reach those people, what happens? And I believe that that is for each and every one of us, that God has people in your path that he's put there for you to reach. And if you're just trying to do all these good things, you want to be involved in 17 different ministries and you're giving yourself to the kingdom of God. But if you're not doing the one thing that God has said, I want you to do this. It doesn't matter if we're claiming territory. It doesn't matter if we're prophesying in his name and casting out devils in his name. He, God says, I never knew you. We've got to be with him every single step. Every single step. God has told me to do the things that only I can do because I personally am someone my husband can vouch for this. I take on way too much because I'm eager to get involved. I'm eager to serve. I love serving in the house of the Lord. I love doing anything. I mean, I want, oh, you want me to do this? Yeah. You want me to do that? Yes. Okay. That's my personality. But God has had to tell me over and over and over again, I need you to do the things I've called you to do. I need you to do what only you can do. No one else can be a mother to my children. No one else can be a wife to my husband. That's my job. And the same thing, there are souls out there for me to reach. And if I'm over here and I'm baking all the baked goods for the bake sale and I'm you know, running the media and I'm singing on the platform and I'm being a greeter and I'm running Sunday school and, oh, I'm working the nursery and I'm taking out the trash and I'm doing all this, where's that soul that God told me, hey, I need you to be available. I need you to, I need you to go right now. I'm going to walk with you and we're going to go over here and we're going to do this. I know that messes with our mind a little bit because God said, I'm sending an angel before you, go. I'm going to drive them out, go, but I'm not going with you. And just like Brother Green preached on, I think it was Tuesday, about settling, how many of us would settle and say, well, he sent the angel of the Lord, and he told me to go, but he's not going to go with me. But he's told me to go, so I'm going to go. And not say, hold on, Lord, I'm not satisfied with just claiming and going and blessings. I'm not satisfied with just that. If you're not going with me, I'm not going. We cannot do this without him. In the New Testament, we read in Luke 2, 7 through 11, and she brought, speaking of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day, it, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Matthew one twenty three says, "Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, being interpreted, is God with us. God with us. I am so thankful." that we're not in the Old Testament and that Moses is the one that's only able to be in that, be able to be up on the mountain or, or be at the tent tabernacle door and be able to have these communion, this communion with God. God came and robed himself in flesh, died on a cross, rose again, came back as the Holy Ghost, that he can be God with us. God with us. He is our rest. He is our comfort. He is everything that we need, and we have him. And we have to be very sensitive to what God would want us to do and make sure that we're doing it with him. Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, you are God with us. And we're not going anywhere where you're not going. You take a step, we're taking a step. I know I'm repeating myself, but this is what God gave me this morning, is that he is God with us. From the Old Testament to the New Testament to our new home in glory, he is God with us. Psalms 127.1 says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. That scripture for months, and I mean months, has been in my prayer every day. God, I can't build this house in vain. God, I can't, when it comes to mothering my children. When it comes to being a wife, when it comes to being a pastor's wife, God, I don't want to labor in vain. Don't let me labor in vain. Don't let me labor in vain. Don't let me labor in vain. I've got to have you. I've got to have you. You've got to be the one leading. You've got, I've got to follow you because we will work ourselves to death. And if we're not having a glorious encounter with God on a daily basis, we're laboring in vain. We've got to say, God, let your glory. I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. You are God with us. You are with me. You are with me. I want to see your glory. Don't let me walk on all alone. Don't let me take territory without you. Don't let me do anything. Don't let me labor in vain. I was just having a conversation in the middle between our, on our break about the Sabbath. God has been dealing with me so much about rest. Rest. And that's what the Holy Ghost is. He says he is the rest we're in the, to cause the weary to rest. He is, this is the rest that will cause the weary to rest. That is the Holy Ghost. He didn't call us to labor in vain. He didn't call us to work, 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 work. But that's not even what I'm talking about. I feel like I have talked about that a lot. But, you know, that's just because that's what I struggle with, obviously. Lord, help me. I will take it on, and then the Lord has to correct me. But we cannot labor in vain except the Lord build the house. We are in revival. This is the time for the supernatural. We are taking territory. We had 500 people at our backpack giveaway that heard the gospel, that heard the word of the Lord go forth in our city. That is amazing. That's incredible. You want to know the people that bought this restaurant? The week, we, the week we launched two services is the week they looked at it. If you don't remember, just a few short months ago, we were parking and crammed everywhere, and there were no room for visitors. We had a special event here. We had people circle the parking lot, not find a parking spot, and drive off. Parking was an issue, and God spoke to my husband and said, you've got to go to two services by June 1st. By June 1st, you've got to go to two, serv- two Sunday morning services. And the week we launched is the week that the new owners went and looked at that building, and we have been blessed to be able to use their parking, but because God is walking, because we're walking with God, God already ordered the steps. And said, Oh, you need more parking? Here you go. I just doubled your parking lot. Long before you even knew that you were not going to have all those extra spaces across the street. Ordering our steps and walking with God, not laboring in vain, but saying, God, you build the house. You build the house. You build the house. I need a glorious encounter with you, God. I need to see your glory. I want to know that you're with me. I want to know that you fight for me. I want you to send an angel and drive out my enemies. But God, I'm not going unless you go. I'm not going unless you go. All right, God. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Can we stand? I know this is a short message this morning. But sometimes those are the ones that stick with you better. Can we come to the front right now? Because it's not about us. He gets the glory. And it is His glory that has to be revealed in this place and in our hearts. I want us to begin. It doesn't even matter that the musicians aren't up here yet. Can we just begin to worship Him and praise Him? He inhabits the praises of His people. And we need His glory because we are taking territory But if we want to just do that and be a big church and a big big city and and do this and do that and get our name out, but we're not going with Him, it doesn't matter. And the only way we're going to know that we're walking with Him is when His glory dwells in the midst of us. We heard a beautiful message on unity if you were here in the 9 a.m. service, and it is unity that fuels revival. It is unity when God can come in and be in the midst of us. A house divided cannot stand. We cannot stand if we're one against, one against another. But when we are united with our brothers and our sisters, if it's appropriate, grab the hand of someone beside you and let's pray together. Lord, we worship you.
1: And God, it's our desire that wherever you want us to go, that we don't get distracted by the go. That we lose sight of you and your presence leading us. We've got to have your glory, God. Every single day, we've got to have an encounter with you that says, order my steps. My steps are ordered of the Lord. I may fall, but I'm going to get back up, God, and I'm going to follow you. But every day, I'm going to let you lead me. Every day, I'm going to walk according to your direction. But God, if I'm ever walking too fast, God, help me to stop. I've got to have you. I've got to go with you. If you don't go with me, I don't want to go. If it's a promotion on my job, but you're not there, I don't want it. If it's a bigger house, but you're not there, I don't want it. If it's a better vehicle, but that's not what you want for me, I don't want it. I don't want the blessings without you, without you, God.